Hey guys, welcome back to the Tokes Talks podcast, the podcast where we discuss topics surrounding business, relationship, and personal development. Happy Wednesday, happy hump day. I hope you guys are having an amazing week so far. So last week I gave you guys a little throwback episode so I didn't get to wish you a happy new month. We're in July. We have officially started third quarter. I hope you guys are not feeling discouraged by this. We're at the halfway point of the year. And although this year has been full, chock full of events, so far unprecedented times, strange times, it's just been a lot. We are only at the halfway mark. For some of you, that might be scary, but I want you to look at it as a as an optimistic moment. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> Um, we're halfway through. That means you have 50% left. That means you have all the time left. You have opportunities left. There is still time to do what you want to do. Maybe it's time to adjust a little, maybe it's time to pivot, but I really do not feel that all hope is lost. Sometimes in a month, you can accomplish something that you couldn't in three As long as you keep your mind to it and you keep a positive outlook, there is still so much opportunity, peace, joy, money, happiness, love to be had for 2020. Not all hope is lost and I really hope you guys aren't looking at things that way. This past week, what I learned is that you need to take a break if you need it. And that is exactly why I brought you guys a replay episode last week. I had a lot going on, so much. I was extremely overwhelmed, sleep deprived, and just even thinking about writing a concept, pulling out my mic and recording it was more than I could possibly bear. And I won't lie to you, I felt very guilty or disappointed, I'd say is a better word, in myself for not being able to pull it together and do what I've been doing for the past 64 some odd weeks, right? But it's very important to give yourself the grace to take a rest. Um, I could have recorded a podcast. It probably would have been subpar. It probably would have been rushed. The concept wouldn't have been well thought out. And I would have been thinking the whole time writing and recording it that I could be using these moments to sleep or lay down or do a bunch of nothing, which is really what I needed. And I did that. (laughs) Instead of contemplating or feeling guilty, I just took the time that I needed and did did it without regret or without those feelings of guilt. And it kind of took me a while to get there. I was even on Tuesday night, I was like, I'm going to write something tonight, wake up on Wednesday and record it. Then I said to myself, no, you're not. You're going to sleep in. It's a holiday in Canada, it's Canada Day on July 1st. It's a holiday. You deserve rest. You've been kind of going in for the past five or so days. Give yourself what you need. So yeah, I gave myself a break and I felt so much better. I brought back an episode that is one of my personal favorites and one of logistically or through the tracking, one of um, you guys' personal favorites as well. I hope you guys got a chance to meditate on the words to live by from two weeks ago, which was life isn't linear. 
And my advice for this or my takeaway is to brace yourself for the ride because it's going to happen anyway. (laughs) If you decide that you want to be in denial and think that everything is a straight, smooth ride, that's not going to happen. What is going to happen is that life is going to do what life does, give you a bunch of bumps and turns. And because of the fact that you've been living in an alternate universe (laughs) where things are straight, you're not going to be prepared to brace yourself for the bumpy ride, which means every single bump, every single turn is just going to take you way more by surprise. And it's going to take you um, a longer time to recover. Whereas if you know you're on a bumpy road and you're expecting those things, you have your seatbelt on, you're, you're prepared, maybe on those curves, you're not going too fast so that you don't get tossed through and um, to and through. So yeah, we just need to be realistic. I think that's what it really boils down to. Understanding the way things work will leave you less in shock when things happen the way they work pretty much (laughs) so I really hope that was beneficial to you guys and I'm sure most of you already knew that but sometimes it's nice to be told what we know again and to maybe hear it from somebody else because when we don't talk about our issues or when we're not super open we might feel that we're the only ones going through what we're going through but having somebody else say it kind um kind of gives you the reassurance or the confidence that you're not the only one do- going through this and that maybe you're not that one off and maybe it's more common and maybe you should embrace it and not be ashamed so that's what I want to do and that's why I want to bring you guys these episodes and these words to live by every week this week we are going to be talking about opportunities So a few days ago, Kanye West tweeted that he was running for president of the United States, not, not of Adidas, not of Yeezys, of, of the United States of America, a country, the most powerful country in the world. (laughs) So when I heard this, I laughed as I am right now. And the next thing I did was I thought to myself, what the heck? This man has to be joking. I was shocked and confused I'm like no this can't be real and then my third thought was who does he think he is I was just (laughs) I was in awe I'm like what the audacity (laughs) so um I later on saw a tweet by Amber um Amber Benson that reads Connie's announcement is a great reminder that that men look at job descriptions and think, hey, I'm not remotely qualified, but I think I could do that. Apply for all the jobs, ladies. And this rang so, so, so loud in my ears. And it made me look at myself and my life and just look at women in general, especially black women, and just look at the way our mindset is off when it comes to how we perceive opportunities. Women, as we know, make less on the dollar than men. In Canada, as of 2019, a woman would make 87 cents to every dollar that a man made in the exact same row, all things remaining equal. That's how much women would make less than a man. And with the research, because I wanted <clears throat> I wanted to look for what black women made because I was 100% sure it was less. And the research I could find was from 2016. And it said that black women make 
88.2 cents to every dollar that a white woman makes. So as you can see, it's even less, right? And this is with all things remaining equal. So we have the education, we have the skills, we have the job requirements and the abilities to occupy these roles. And when I was looking at Kanye and many other men, especially white men who, who go after things <laughs> that they're not even qualified for, as um, Amber said, they look at it and say, hey, I'm not remotely qualified, but I could do that. But I think I could do that. Um, it really made me realize that women don't have the confidence to occupy these spaces or we feel like we don't have the confidence and we and we don't go after these positions not president per se but you know what I'm talking about you you'll see a job you want it'll say we need you to be a new graduate with 15 years of experience and you'll say oh I'm I I'm a new graduate but I don't have the experience I'm not gonna apply but I think that we need to get this Kanye energy, this male energy, this white man energy where they see opportunities and they shoot their shot regardless. They will throw half court lobs and for some reason they'll hit, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of that is built into the confidence side, not so much the um, credential side, because as you can see, Donald Trump is president. And I'm sure many of you have worked with people who have not really had the credentials, but when they walk in in a fancy suit and the perfectly swooped haircut and with an undertone of confidence, they kind of just enter into every single room successfully. So I, what I wanted to do was bring you guys tips to help you shoot your shot in all opportunities. And this is not just job opportunities because this is what inspired this, but I think it's every single opportunity. And before I get on shooting your shot. One thing that I've been doing lately is keeping a, a log of my rejections. This might sound counterproductive or it might sound painful and depressing, but I've actually gotten to a place where anything I see, I apply for. So the tips I'm going to be giving you guys are tips that I live. So I apply if I see something, there's a grant opportunity, there's something for writers, there's something for poets, there's something for bakers, podcast hosts, whatever it is, entrepreneurs, I'm applying. At the most, they'll say no. And at the best, I'm going to get that opportunity. And the reason why I started to track my failures or my rejections is because it made me realize how many things I'm applying for. And I think that I needed to kind of pay, see the numbers game and see the fact that I'm really pushing. So whenever I'm rejected for something, it's realistically, we're not going to remember those things. More so, we remember the opportunities opportunities that we do get over the ones that kind of hurt our feelings. We kind of just push those to the back burner and wipe them out of our memory and move on. But I wanted to really look at those things that I didn't get and just look at the sheer amount of them to encourage myself to continue to try and push. So there are some things that I even forget that I've applied to until I get that, oh, we've decided to go to, with other candidates email. And I'm like, oh, whatever, it is what it is. And I move on, but I just keep track of it. So at the end of the year, I'll be able to look back and say, look how many things you tried. And they didn't take anything out of you. It didn't leave you depressed. It, it's, it 
I did this to just help me change my mindset on rejection and um, like failure so that it's not so debilitating and it's just another decision that was made by some people and some other people will make a different decision next time. So let me just jump right into the tips for shooting your shot. The first one is you have nothing to lose. And this is a tip that you really need to internalize and take to heart. When you shoot a shot, when you shoot that half court lob, at the most or at the best, you will sink it into the net and you will get that opportunity. You will meet that person. You will become that person that you've always wanted to be. And at the worst, you're exactly where you are. So nothing is taken from you. Maybe a little bit of ego, <laughs> a little bit of ego might be taken from you, but in the grand scheme of things, you're not losing much. And this is the one of the, or the most important reason why you need to shoot your shot. There are some opportunities where you have to spend thousands of dollars. And if you get it wrong, you're at a deficit, right? But if it's an application, if it's a job application where <clears throat> All you're doing is sending, spending 25 minutes editing your resume or creating a portfolio. You have nothing to lose except for a little bit of time, which you probably would have spent on Netflix, on YouTube, on Instagram anyway. So you really need to look at things for what they are and understand that if there's nothing to lose, and there's everything to gain, there's really no reason why you shouldn't be shooting those shots. So yes, you're entry level right now, but there's a manager role. Someone might say, who do you think you are for applying? I think I'm a person with the ability. And if I apply and I don't get it, I'm not getting fired from my current position. I'm just going to continue here. But if for whatever reason they like me enough to give it to me, I just leveled up and stepped up and um, grew my income and gave myself another opportunity just by trying, right? So we need to look at things like that. There is nothing to lose except for a little bit of time that it takes to create whatever it is you need to create to apply. But in the grand scheme of things, that's not even a loss because that time would have been probably spent on something anyway. And if you were to get that opportunity, that 10 seconds would be, or sorry, that 10 minutes would be like nothing in the grand scheme. The second tip is that most of what you need, you learn on the job. And I think this is the one that we sometimes take for granted. So there is, there are a lot of jobs where you'll see the lofty job description. You have to have 10 years of experience, but have graduated school two years ago, be able to do this, but not do this. And what I've learned and I've seen through myself and through many people around me is that even though these jobs are asking for so much experience, the truth is that there's only so much readying in advance you can do. I'm not talking about medical school. I'm not talking about surgery. I'm not talking about certain specialized fields. I'm not, you're not going to learn on the, you're not going to have a high school um, diploma and learn on the job in surgery. This is not what we're talking about. I'm talking about more finance, tech, different types of um, career paths like that. Um, when you get to these offices, they usually want things done a certain way. And that way may not even be in line with how you did it at the 
relevant job that even got you in the door. And to be honest, the unlearning of habits from one company to learn the new habits of another can actually be very difficult. And in my opinion, it might actually even be better for companies to hire someone with ex- with the credentials or the, the ability to learn, which we see through people finishing school, because to finish school and get a degree is the ability to sit down, take instruction, test well, and succeed, right? That means you know how to learn. And I think that's what most jobs need because lots of jobs, even jobs that I've worked at will tell you that, oh, wow, you, you went to school for this. This is absolutely perfect. This is what we need. And when I get to the first day and they start training me, it has absolutely nothing to do with my degree, nothing to do with my past experience. They're just teaching me their rule book, the way they want things to be done. So if you keep this in mind, you will not be so hard on yourself when shooting shots or looking at opportunities. You're not going to have that apprehension where you're thinking that you can't do this job because they're saying they need this and you don't necessarily have it. Shoot the shot because half the time, the things they say they need, they need it in a specific way that is custom created to the benefit of their company. And to ensure that they get it that way, they're going to spend money and time training you. So once you have the ability to learn, which I'm sure almost every single one of you listening do, that's enough confidence that you need, or that's all the confidence that you need to shoot your shot because there's only so much learning that we can do in advance. Most of it, you are going to learn on the job and most of it, they're going to teach you their way. I worked in finance. I have a background in economics. When I got there, I didn't really use my economics background at all. It looked good on the resume to get me in the door, but realistically they had their protocols, their skills, and then also professional exams within the field that I did when I was working with them, which they paid for. So if I had looked at that job and said, oh, I don't have this, I don't have that, I never would have shot my shot. I never would have got the job and come to realize the fact that everything they really wanted from me, they taught me anyway. The third tip is that it's to their benefit as much as it is to yours. And this tip is one that we really need to internalize, especially for women. When you apply for a job, yes, they're giving you a chance to make more money. Yes, they're giving you an opportunity to increase your lifestyle or increase your visibility in the company. But remember that at the end of the day, they are giving you that job because they need someone to fill it and they know you're able to. So we need to stop looking at opportunities as, oh my God, they saved me. Oh my gosh, what would I do if it wasn't for this job? They just fed my family. They wouldn't feed your family through you if they didn't know that you had the ability to be used to their benefit as well. This is a mutually beneficial agreement. Your value added to them the same way their employment or opportunities value added to you. And this goes for relationships as well. Yes, maybe you're single and you want to be married and you're looking at somebody and you're like, oh my God, this person is so amazing. But trust me, you're amazing too because amazing people wouldn't waste their time with subpar people. So we need to really shift our mindset and get to a place where we understand that if you guys are doing something for me that's making my life better, 
it's because I'm also doing something for you that's making your life better. And this gets us out of that whole um, idolization mentality where somebody pulled you from the rubble and gave you an opportunity that you didn't deserve. Because realistically, no company is really giving you an opportunity you didn't deserve. And the moment, even if they were to for some reason, and they realize that you are detrimental to their goals, which are outside of you, they will be very quick to remove you from that position. So when you're shooting your shot, remember that you are helping them as much as they are helping you in whatever way you can. And this will keep you grounded. And this will also give you the confidence because if you guys were to give me, if I'm a entry-level clerk with the ability to learn and so much experience and I apply for that managerial position and they give it to me, it's because they know I can do it. It's because they know that I'm not going to be a burden or a liability to their company because if I was, they would not give me that opportunity. So look at yourself like that. If they give you that opportunity, do not get imposter syndrome because realistically, People are not taking on projects, especially at high levels. They're not saying, uh, let's let them become our director and let them crawl and trip through it and see what happens. Nobody's doing that. These are corporations. These are people who have, who know what they want in life. So the moment anybody picks you or decides that you're who they want around them, this is a relationship. This is friendship. This is work know that you're bringing something that benefits them. Let's not sit there and just be groveling and drooling and thank you for the opportunity. They need to thank you too. It's it's thank you for the opportunity, but you're welcome as well. Because if I wasn't what I am and if I couldn't handle it, I wouldn't be in this position. So I'm not going to get so caught up in what I wanted and the opportunity you gave me and forget the fact that I myself am value added as well. <clears throat> The fourth tip is wanting it is enough justification to go for it. And this is, <laughs> this goes right back to Kanye West. I think I could be president. I like America. I'm, I'm running for president. At the end of the day, let me just put it out there. I don't even know if he's actually going to run. Apparently he hasn't like registered and all that good stuff. But the fact that he could put it out there and not put LOL at the end of it just <laughs> is enough for me to say that that energy is what we need. So if you're interested, if it piques your interest, if you think this would be a good opportunity, that is enough justification to go for it. As I said, your value added. So they're not going to give you the job if they don't think you're good enough. But if you want it, that's enough reason for you to try. At the end of the day, you have nothing to lose. As I said in part one, they give it to you, great. They don't, you move on. There's nothing going away. But I feel like a lot of times when we want things, we start to try and convince ourselves of why we deserve it. And if we don't come up with enough reasons, or if we have one reason why we may not be qualified for whatever it is we want, we just kind of get discouraged and we no longer want to do it. But trust me, shoot your shot if you want it. Why did you do that? Because I wanted it. And that was enough justification. Let's stop trying to think and overanalyze things to the point where we end up convincing ourselves or corrupting our minds to not, to justifying the fact that we don't deserve it. I think anything in life, if you sit down and think about it enough, 
and think about why you don't deserve it, you'll find reasons to justify that. As I said, and as I will continue to say, whatever you think about magnifies or whatever you focus on magnifies. So if you want something, that's enough. Don't overthink it. What are the requirements? Do whatever you can and leave the rest. The moment you start to meditate and ruminate on it and think about the ways that you may not be able to, you're going to convince yourself that you can't. And even if that part of you still wants it, now you've brought in your insecurities and it's just going to mess everything up. Maybe now when you're going to apply, you won't have the excitement and maybe the ideas that you were thinking about prior have all been crowded out by the negativity and your energy won't even allow you to do what it takes to get it. And then when you don't get it, you're going to be disappointed and say, yeah, you see, I never should have applied for that anyway. As long as you want it, it's enough. See what the requirements are. Do it. I shoot lofty shots all the time. And I don't even tell people sometimes because of the fact that people might think and try and convince me that what I'm doing is too much or what I'm doing is unrealistic. And I don't need that energy. At the end of the day, if I get rejected, lovely. I haven't lost anything, but in the chance or in the off chance that I do get that opportunity, then I tell people, I'm like, hey, look what happened to me. And I'm like, how did that happen? I'm like, oh, I just shot a crazy shot. You didn't even tell me, yeah, because I was scared that the moment you tell somebody something like that, you can begin to internalize their insecurities. And that is what you don't need. You need that white man energy. I don't know how else to put it. I want this. I deserve it because I want it and I'm going to go for it with all the confidence. I'm going to walk into that interview like I own the company and hopefully nobody calls me out on my BS. And if they don't, I get the opportunity, right? And the fifth and final tip is be confident. And as I said, that's that white man energy. So um, <laughs> there's this entrepreneur entrepreneur her name is Vivian K and she came up with this phrase what would Chad do and this phrase is literally what I'm living my life by and it was personified by somebody else um so pretty much to her Chad is this 20 something year old white boy who doesn't necessarily have all the credentials but walks into a place and demands the opportunities he doesn't really have the business skills, but he demands that grant and he gets it. So pretty much we need to walk around with that confidence, the confidence of the fact that the world is at our disposal in every single way. And if you keep your head in this mindset, you will be so unintimidated by absolutely everything. Nothing is going to seem too much, too lofty, too too much of a far reach for you. You're just going to apply. You're going to do what you want to do. You're going to be confident. That level of confidence is what we need because I have worked with many a people and what I've learned and seen personally is that presentation and confidence actually overtakes competence a lot of times, which is scary and unfortunate, but I've worked with people who were in their perfectly nice suits and they would state an absolute incorrect fact with more confidence than I've ever seen in my life. And they wouldn't even question themselves. And because of that energy, people would not even fact check them. And I would be sitting there like, that's, that's a lie. That That's not true. And be, maybe it's because of the way I was raised and I didn't have the silver spoon or the 
the the ability to just say what I wanted. I had to actually have the knowledge to back it up. I'm quick to notice those things. And there was a point where a coworker of mine actually said something. And I'm like, no. And then he actually got shocked that I called him out. And then he was like, yeah, that's how it is. And I'm like, well, break it down. And as soon as he broke it down, you could see his confidence breaking down. And he was like, oh, um, I, I guess I miss... I misspoke. That's not what I meant. But that confidence to be able to say whatever you want as it comes to your head and not worry about being fact-checked, that chat energy, that is what we need to have. And it's even better when you have chat energy and you also have the credentials to back it up because then when you do walk into that room and you say whatever you're going to say with that confidence, anybody who comes for you or tries to correct you or tries to diminish you won't even be able to because you're not just speaking in the abundance of your confidence. You That confidence is backed up by the knowledge necessary to, to say what you're saying because you actually know what you're talking about. So just a recap for the five tips for shooting your shot. The first one is you have nothing to lose. The second one is most of what you need to learn you learn on the job. The third one is it's to their benefit as much as it is to you, which means your value added. Fourth is wanting it is enough justification to go for it. And the fifth is be confident. What would Chad do? So I'm just going to get right into our words to live by for this week, which were, well, which are show them your value by knowing it first. People hardly take the time to see in you what you can't. And this is very true. We need to know what we're worth in order to go out there and demand it. You'll hardly see a situation. I'm sure it's probably like a unicorn story where you'll hear a manager saying, oh, this person walked in for an interview and um, they, they seemed unconfident in their abilities but for some reason I could see through all of their abilities and I decided that I'm gonna give this person a chance no one's doing that my friends (laughs) that is a project and people are not really into projects or taking up individuals as projects in higher level and this even goes to relationships right if you're meeting somebody and you don't even know your confidence and your value Even if that person sees your value, if you're giving it away at an easier rate that requires them to do less work to get all of you and all of the benefits you offer, you're hardly going to meet someone who's going to tell you that you're underselling yourself. So the only way to not undersell yourself is to actually know your value first. And this takes a lot of soul searching. This This takes a lot of thinking and coming to the realization and acknowledging the fact that you're popping in whatever way it is. It could be, I have three degrees, I'm popping. I'm an entrepreneur, I'm popping. I have the most amazing personality. I am so caring, I'm popping. And we need to take time this week to really see what makes you special and where your value is and then understand the magnitude of that value. And one of the ways I think that makes it easy or easier to understand the magnitude of your value is to take whatever talent or gift or what whatever it is that makes you feel special and transfer it to somebody else. So let's say I think I'm an amazing, caring person. Now, 
I think of someone who I really love in my life. Let's just say my mom. And I now consider her or I reflect my caring nature onto her. So if my mom was as caring as me, or even if she is as caring as me, how special is that? And whatever value you put on that projection on somebody else, internalize that value because it's often easier for us to give credit and roses to other people, whereas it's difficult for us to do that for ourselves. But we need to give ourselves that credit. If somebody who was as caring as you were to be in your life, how would you treat them? What would you think they deserve? And whatever that value is, put it on yourself so that when you go out into the world, you know your value. So anything less than that value is unacceptable. We're not putting ourselves on the clearance rack. So you'll be able to understand what you deserve and you'll be able to see what it looks like and what it doesn't look like much easier because you've actually put a level on it. So thank you guys so much for listening. Have an amazing week and I'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye.